smartcast.com This is the morning brief from the Economic Times produced in collaboration with avas.com remember it's getting bad it's getting terrible in some pockets it's getting horrible uh, the number of cases i woke up this morning to hear about a colleague and a friend succumbing to covid it's become a routine really every damn day friends neighbors relatives relatives of relatives friends of friends family i'm sure it's very much the same for all of us all across the country yet There are some amongst us or people like us who have decided that this is not the time to just sit and grieve for the departed. The need of the hour is to roll up the sleeves and do something for people who may not be as lucky as we are or resourceful as we are. That's perhaps the best tribute to the people we have lost. Raising funds, organizing meals, hospital beds, medicines, oxygen, or doctors collating and coordinating a flood of information these are our messengers of hope who are out there in the front lines often at great personal expense as you will hear from them i've invited four such jedis who are going to share their stories with us mind you they are all volunteers they're doing this as private citizens and not as part of some corporate csr or trust it's friday 23rd of april from the economic times this is orijit barman and you're listening to the morning brief some like fashion designer influencer amrita thakur who's from new delhi is leveraging her social media platforms to put important covid-19 related messages out call her an information resource center joining us from kolkata samaresh das from newtown forum who is juggling his business with relief work for senior citizens and others who are reaching out seeking help he has been relentless even when he himself fell sick a few days back he's joining us now from his hospital bed mazar Ramzan Ali a former media professional entrepreneur Arsenal fan a food ninja and my friend is joining me from Mumbai to tell us about what he has been doing this Ramzan and about the amazing story of Khana Chahiye an NGO that has been fighting hunger in our maximum city finally Ali Sharif management consultant turned venture capitalist turned maverick instrumental in creating a coalition of ngos mercy mission in bangalore that continues to do some amazing work they have distributed over 73000 dry ration kits in the last 6 months and that is just one of the many many other things that they have been doing thank you all for taking time out and doing this ali yeah the power of 20 is i guess greater than the power of one was that the rationale for creating this coalition of ngos oh yes absolutely in fact interestingly we met on 21st march 2020 which was just one day before the lockdown started in bangalore and it was very fortunate that we all got together on the same page and said what we are facing is unknown 
but we were sure that we need to get together uh, for this fight. And uh, we relied on the combined strengths of everybody. Somebody was strong in, in different slums, somebody was strong in food, somebody was running a hospital. So we said we need all these capabilities together and that's what brought us together. Usually what I've noticed is, you know, not COVID, but generally, we, the argumentative Indian with our egos, you know, coalition, whether in politics or in other areas of work, often, you know, become a clash of egos. But you guys have been relentless. It's really amazing what you guys have been doing last year and now again. I mean, because it's really come back with a vengeance. Amrita, a broader question to you first. Many people, you know, who are into Instagram and influencers, it's actually a double-edged sword because many people, especially people from my uh, generation, uh, the uncles, so to speak, they would still think that, you know, influencers, oh, okay, uh, they're only good at one thing, which is self-promotion. You have clearly proven them wrong. A lot of us have come together and sort of put everything aside what we call in the influencer industry, if I'd like to call it that, we, we call our work collaborations where we come together with brands, we promote them. So everything has been put aside because A, we're really not in the mood for it. You know, up until last year, you heard of a friend's relative that succumbed to COVID. Of, uh, you know, your own distant relative got it and then recovered, you know, oh, it was bad, but, you know, we were fine. Or asymptomatic didn't happen anything. This time, the sad thing is, the reality is that families are falling like pack of cards. People reaching out to us, 18-year-old boy needs an ICU bed. Father has already passed away last week. Mother is um, on, on the ventilator. So when you hear of situations like this, you realize that this time we're really not prepared. So it's the only thing that we can do right now. And what, what I initially started as just posting out requirements for people that were reaching out to us has now become a network of about 15 women that are passing on information that are round them like by the minute calling up people and verifying these numbers whether you know if somebody says they have 20 cylinders so we're calling them up and saying do they actually have the cylinders by the time we oh okay so you're doing a you're doing the first cut verification yes, as yes, well yes yes oh, because the thing is for the first okay. two days we were just passing on information then we realized that by the time you pass on the information Two hours later, these people are running out of the it's supplies they have. Yeah. So might as well. So we're literally, we're, any new information that we're getting, we're literally updating and verifying by the minute saying updated at 1.45, updated at 9.30 at night. Uh, and then rechecking whether they'd still have supplies, whether there's you know room for more, whether they're going to get more or not. And then sort of passing that on to whoever is in need. Mazar, uh, what got you started? And... I would, we would all love to know that how did you get involved with Khana Chahiye uh, in the first place? There's something I learned today called survivor's remorse. So you just, you, you can't, like Amrita said, you can't just sit down and, you know, not do anything. So you wanted to get involved. I found myself to be more, uh, more productive, uh, you know, putting the jugad together in terms of like networking a WhatsApp group and, 
getting uh, getting doctors to kind of uh, do first line at that time we didn't know corona was airborne whether you know we needed to wear ppe kits or you know how, you know developing pro- protocols so i just became that coordinator with uh, volunteer doctors and and the team of you know i mean volunteers who were going down on ground and i just started like coordinating that making whatsapp groups dividing the city into uh, you know different routes uh, in bombay we have a fairly linear sort of pipe of a city so you know i mean we start with the western express highway and then you have the eastern express highway and then the central line uh, we also started coordinating with the bmc because uh, you know a lot of the bombay is a dock uh, so the docklands have a lot of daily wagers now their challenge is that they don't even have a chula at home they you know i mean you can't even give them ration you know it's uh, when the lockdown happened their canteens were unable to provide you know so and those gates because they they had nothing nowhere to move so they were pretty much locked down by the docklands who would typically you know unload and then go with a token or daily wage to a canteen eat and then go back to unloading and loading docks so and those are like large populations 5000 10000 and you know and and at that time i think uh, the kitchens of bombay uh, that had totally shut uh, because of the lockdown had you know i mean they had people on uh, they had people uh, working for them so it was about you know matching uh, capability and and capacity with needs so, i mean that's what happens i mean this it's so beautiful that when you're working on on something like this it's hard to say beautiful because uh, you know it's a, it's a tough time I, i i want to be cognizant of that but the human spirit is so um, you know i mean the egos fall to the side nobody cares and navesh jadhav ek social worker jise aana chahiye team ne bahut bahut support kiya aur chuna itna unka bahut bahut shukar guzar hu so you know suddenly we we realized that ramzan had started and you know people just wanted their meal instead of 2 o'clock at 6 o'clock so we had to make some adjustments and and you know i was talking to the core group and said you know i mean let's we have uh, we have a network called pocs the points of contact that kind of represent a lot of the beneficiaries and we started then you know proactively asking who would want, we 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 basically split our meal into two shifts so we did a 2 o'clock afternoon meal and then we just tried to realize how many you know uh, muslim beneficiaries were there and we said can we move their meal to uh, uh, to 6 pm and so that you know by the time it's 7 and they're opening their fast the good people at parley g you know handed us a lot of biscuits massive stocks as much as we wanted it was amazing so we just added that into the uh, the ramzan packet samresh your neighborhood is a relatively new development for those who are not familiar with kolkata uh, it's almost like a satellite city in the eastern suburbs of this metropolis it's also pretty diverse in its demographics this time around who has been the most vulnerable is it the senior citizens i know everyone is but if you have to identify one or two you know groups who are especially exposed and needs maximum help who would that be see like uh, in calcutta the dynamics are a little different here uh, 
most of the uh, you know uh, senior citizen and their children are outside calcutta and uh, maybe they are settled in us or yeah so they are you know most of them are settled outside and uh, people are staying here a lot and uh, you know we have the biggest challenges you know like uh, arranging things for them and you know uh, the good part is like you know, most of them got vaccinated this time uh, if i talk about last time we uh, really like you know what how we started all together we have a member approximately 14000 member uh, a whatsapp group and then we have a facebook group also where we used to take care of these are the residents these are the residents yeah, of, of newtown uh, yes of newtown so it's like for for those who are not familiar from outside of kolkata it's like whitefield bangalore it's like gurgaon or noida the daily laborer which is a biggest problem here because this is a under construction area a lot of people uh, were struck approximately you know 4000 uh, 4200 uh, bigger yeah, i mean daily wages uh, labor was struck here and we used to manage food for them then with the help of local administration police and everybody we we used to you know uh, to take care of their uh, everything basically and then uh, slowly uh, what happens the senior citizen they were completely uh, in a loss kind of thing i mean once uh, any, anything is to happen we used to send food to them we used to send rations and then their uh, testing used to be done by us even you you may not this is something funny you should know like because this is a new place people never used to have uh, you know we don't have much of atm center here so we uh, call bank and you know like we got mobile atm from uh, to different different housing societies and everywhere and uh, because many of these senior citizens including my mother they are not fra- i mean they they are not net savvy we are really feeling you know i mean since last few days there is no bed in in, in any of the hospital and you know this election time here and uh, we are really in a bad shape i've been to ac office election commission and then uh, the governor office we given them letter to stop this political rallies and everything but you know like somehow now people have started talking and i'm doing this for last 20 days so that they can stop and we can save people actually finally you know people are act- talking sense at least though it is not stop but i'm sure they'll stop in next few days at least in last night we have got around 28 calls which are distress call and we we could manage only six beds for them and the rest we are still trying to manage their beds actually but our team is managing it and uh, we hopefully you're in the hospital yourself yeah i am in hospital but i'm still managing from here yeah Uh, that's because I can still manage because you know I I think I think like you know I I should be out of hospital and manage you know like help these people because these people are really in distress because because for me you know I I got affected that's fine but I still feel I need to be out because uh, people need us need our help actually absolutely Ali how different or ferocious is the threat during this second wave I mean you've you've seen it last time you're seeing it. now and 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 after ali others can also chime in uh, if if they see marked difference one is of course more and more people for me my first reaction has been this time around more people i know personally are getting affected across age groups but other than that is there any other fundamental difference or or you know degree of the ferociousness of the virus yeah so i think the second phase now is is far more rapidly expanding 
and therefore here now people do have some level of knowledge but then i think uh, you know the resource crunch is is the bigger challenge this time and uh, you know for example uh, i mean i share whatever the others have said and what uh, samresh just said you know oxygen uh, and uh, you know is is in great shortage plasma things which we were able to uh, you know kind of do over a period of time last year uh, we are not able to because the scale or what is it, what it has hit uh, just yesterday we got uh, you know like uh, we are running a, a call center and we got 2800 calls out of which we were able to address hardly uh you know uh, 400 calls appropriately whether it was for oxygen whether it was uh, you know for online consultation free or whether it is for ambulances or we are running a plasma bank which has served now nearly 600 people uh you know or, or uh, you know even mental uh, health conditioning advising people whether to stay at home uh, you know or go out and try for a hospital bed and then we have other colleagues who are trying to get the beds um because through the through the government quota etc i'd just like to come in i think one huge difference this time is that you know we have been saying that covid doesn't discriminate but i think this time because of the crunch because of um uh, you know shortage in beds ventilator beds uh just icu beds plasma uh you know this time round it's not looking at who you are whether you're a vip whether you know whether your money is not an object for you or anything people are just if they're succumbing to it they're succumbing to it there's nothing you can do uh sometimes it's because of shortage sometimes it's not even because of that because the way the virus is uh multiplying and mutating it's just uh it's also left the doctors in a bit of a it's it's almost like a sudden they're just flummoxed they don't know they don't know what's going on somebody goes in uh to a hospital with very mild symptoms then gets discharged then in a few hours the condition completely deteriorates this is somebody i know somebody's father in law yes. completely deteriorates and is lot of and, cases yeah like and it's yes. just has passed away within a within 2 hours um babies as as young as a year old uh, are contracting it and people don't know because i mean you know it's a new life what do you i saw on barkadat's uh, instagram that you know there was a 15 day old baby in the icu uh, battling uh, it's 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 i think it's just all hit us at one you know there's shortage there's mismanagement there's um it's everything one go where doctors don't know because this is a new thing they haven't sort of conquered it and know what how it reacts what it does what it doesn't um sitaram yachari's son passed away and you know that's the biggest example of someone for whom say money might not have been on object he has the resources for the best treatment best everything but there you've gone you know you you you've succumbed to it 35 years old i mean you know it's not discrete it's not looking at how old you are whether you have children whether you have money whether you have the best doctors behind you it's just not looking at that correct but somaresh are you still facing uh you know denial dogma is there still social stigma towards say testing vaccines you know log kya kahenge yeah that that's 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 very much there in 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 new town at least what is happening people are thinking like you know if i open up to people if i have covid or symptoms then people may close their doors and lot of things still happening uh, basically and we are just you know people are dying even then yeah even even then you know if you you know what happens because it's a new place what is happening 
which people from inside calcutta they once they get affected they are coming out of uh, calcutta and staying here they are not disclosing it to other people and they are roaming around at times and they are just spreading you know i we are this is our biggest challenge we are trying to make people understand you don't do this if you do that that you are actually a the super spreader now since last two days uh, the police and administration has started again talking about it I'd just like to come in that, you know, at this point, uh, like uh, Samri said, that there's so much, uh, uh, you know, people don't know most of the time. So if there is at this point, say, for example, if the government was to come out and give you information about who is eligible to donate plasma, how you can donate simply and put the process out simply, then it would really help because the government is by the people. And if they have such a hold on their people, they need to educate their people about all this, which is not happening. And it doesn't take much. It's one video recording that just needs to go out and be put out by the CM, by you know the people in the government to just say that this is what needs to be done. It might help somebody. These are few, few steps that do not take a lot going in. One big change also is at least now we have a vaccine. The healthcare workers, the frontline workers have been vaccinated. I yes. think last time we had a big challenge of even attracting healthcare, you know, the doctors and the nurses. Getting doctors last year was, was a bigger challenge. But now with vaccination and, uh, you know, uh, there is at least that confidence. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's the second wave has hit India before much of the vaccination could happen. But still, vaccination has made a big difference in the confidence of at least the frontline workers. Uh, there is still a lot of vaccine phobia among the masses, which has to be addressed. Uh, people have to be taken into confidence. The political leaders at least should, should reach out and, and give them confidence. Uh, you know, we've tried it with other channels, but a lot of uh, vaccine promotion should happen because that's the only way in two to three months you know, we can hopefully tide over this wave and hopefully, you know, then get to that mass, uh, you know, whatever protection. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, and even after first round, people should still wear their mask. It's not that you've taken the jab and then you're like free to be a Superman. I mean, that's not the case. I see so many people, quote unquote, educated people, worldly wise, but they're very nonchalant about the whole thing. I mean, yes, I've taken the first jab, but that's not enough. I mean, that's something that I just don't understand. Mazar, you've been dealing with a lot of, as you said, I mean, a lot of the daily wagers, you're going to uh, the slums of Goregao. But this time around, at least in Mumbai, there's been a severe crackdown pretty early on. And the laws are far more stringent. So I don't think you can organize these langars anymore. So how are you adapting? Ali also uh, makes a good point about, you know, the, the, the stigma and uh, a lot of false information about the vaccine. We've actually started lobbying with the, uh, with the, uh, with the Malvis that, that are there to say that, you know, I mean, they made, made a simple statement that said, you know, your rosa will not be broken if you take the vaccine. And that actually worked beautifully because one is it, it, it comes from, from a place of trust. And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, and if it says that you can still take the vaccine while you're on a rosa, it means that, oh, this is, you know, uh, this is Vajib and this is Jayas. So, they, you know, I mean, it kind of works. So I think you've got to do what you've got to do. So and people, like People are actually, I mean, they believe or they think that 
you know, the rosa will be broken if they take the jab. Yeah, well, I mean, if you take anything, right? So while you're fasting, you don't take anything between. So you won't go out. So we actually, uh, through the lady that I'm in touch with, you know, I mean, we initiated a conversation and we said, listen, if you just say this much, it'll just help a lot of people. Absolutely. Amrita, is the information flow both ways largely metrocentric or you're getting queries and you're sending out information about pretty much everywhere? Because this is a national crisis. It initially started with Bombay and Delhi. And then it's gone on to, we're getting a lot of requests from Patna. We're getting a lot of requests from Varanasi, from MP. And uh, the thing is, if they identify, say, I'm, I'm from Bihar. So if they identify who you're from, or if your followers know where you're from, then they'll kind of get in touch with you saying, hey, do you have any leads back home? But as of now, it's more Bombay and Delhi centric. I guess they're also reaching out to the people who they know where they're based. They know we're based in Delhi, so it helps too. And actually, while we're getting a lot of requests from everywhere, we are mostly being able to help from, with the resources that we're finding in Delhi NCR. But you are now part of a collective of 15, 20 odd influencers who are pretty much pan-India, at least large cities, yes. correct? Yes. Okay. Shamarish, which are the biggest pressure points now? Is it the lack of hospital beds, lack of medicine, oxygen, or it's pretty much everything is in short supply? See, what happened is as uh, election was going on and still going on rather, so government was reluctant about doing anything. Now, what has happened because of that reason, government was not taking call in, in increasing the number of beds and other things. But in the last few days, they've started pushing it now. Bait is a biggest problem now because you know we don't have any bait as such because maybe hardly 100, 120 baits are uh, empty all across Calcutta uh, as on today morning. So now you know like the numbers are uh, every day we we have already crossed 10,000 uh, cases per day. So I mean this is very less for uh, Calcutta and we need to open up more baits. People are not getting oxygen. And the supply is very less. And then, like you know, a lot of people started hoarding this thing, and that's that's a bad part. And uh, the information, which are very important, and which uh, everybody is talking about, if the uh, the leaders, the the main political leaders, and everybody, they speak a little of this thing, you know, maybe small small thing which can change, that can really help better. Ali, what's been the role of the government or civic authority? Yeah. So one thing which uh, we did see, uh, and we've been working with the authorities from day one, actually, is we did see the government machineries, uh, you know, uh, actually crank because once they put the lockdown and then others could venture out, it was the government which was forced to kind of uh, play its role. And uh, I think in Bangalore, by virtue of having uh, stronger resources, uh, the civic authorities were able to marshal around quite a few uh, resources. So we worked in close tandem, whether it was for permissions. I would like to thank the Mercy Mission. And they are uh, true to their name. They are showing mercy on a lot of people. And they're actually giving food to a lot of people. For example, this whole Shramik Seva, which we did, even with the railway authorities. So during, if you recall, the, the Shramik trains ran in the month of May last year. One of our funders, Azim Premji, uh, philanthropic initiatives came forward and said, what can we do about it? Because there's no food on the trains and the, all the railway stations are closed and people are having to travel back for one and a half, two days, right? Then they said, why can't we 
give them packed food for two days. And this was like on May 1st and May 3rd, the train started. So immediately we reached out to the railway authorities. We reached out to the police because we needed to uh, permission to move food across the district borders. Uh, the trains from Bangalore initially started in the neighboring district, then moved to Bangalore. The railway authorities supported, the police supported us, gave us the permission. And we were working uh, in, the, in those 35 days. We were able to work over the nights, pack 10, 10,000 uh, you know, food packets overnight. It was some amazing effort. Uh, we called it Mercy Shramik Seva. Uh, you know, and uh, in the morning at uh, six o'clock to ten o'clock, the food packets would go uh, to various railway stations. So there was, uh, in terms of permissions, in terms of support, the government machinery has the resources. And uh, working closely with NGOs, we could do a, a, a lot with them. Of course, there's always more to be done. But I think, uh, you know, uh, for whatever it is, we, we did a lot. Okay. No, this Ali, you've been a consultant, so you yes use this a lot. This is when PPPs or public-private partnerships are tested the most. And this is where it matters the most. Mazar, what's the scene in Mumbai? I mean, is, is the administration fully supporting all the initiatives, not just yours and others, or it's still in pockets and patchy? So let's just be honest. The government is stretched. It is a big city. I think we, we in Bombay uh, went into dread number of cases before anywhere else but it's commendable the way i want to big up uh, you know dev and what he's done in the city the the jumbo centers that were set up uh, you know a lot of like a lot of the support that we've worked with with uh, you know large let's just say their their colonies of daily wagers and you know i mean the bmc you know they've been working day and night last year we worked a lot with the shramik seva as well uh, we had a lot of homes that were making plas and, you know, sending it out. And there's a lot of volunteers that were working at the stations and at the Bombay has three exit points for, uh, you know, migrants at the north of the city, which pretty much, you know, lead up. So, you know, I mean, when, when the services were not open, people started walking on the streets. So I think we as an organization worked with setting up, you know, fruits, we got fruits and we got keplas and we had like non-perishables that we could just hand water. A lot of that happened in conjunction with the with the government authorities. I've just recovered from COVID. I get a call every day from the system to check on my vitals and whether I'll, I'll need more, uh, you know, assistance from the government. But let's be honest, they're doing what they can, but it's stretched to, you know, I mean, this it's up to us. It is absolutely up to each one of us to join this fight. We just can't. But I also, I also want to take this, take a moment to, you know, talk about the mental health of all our frontline volunteers, including, you know, our social media warriors to the, you know, actual delivery to the, you know, doctors and nurses and, you know, the Safai Karmacharis that are working. It's so defeatist, you know, I mean, when you see right now, so many people, I think Ali mentioned his call center received 2,800 calls. They were able to service 400. By the end of it, that volunteer will feel so horrible because even though he's doing what he can, but, you know, and, and the thing is that he's so clued in. He knows. Amrita knows who needs that remdesivir now, you know. Absolutely. So I, I just want to say that you guys, you know, leading your own teams, just take some time for the mental health of everybody that's working with you because... And I yourself. Mean, and and yourself, I mean, yourself. I mean, yeah, it just it's 
it's a time to be compassionate and like just understand while you can big up everybody you just have to have all the empathy that you can for now people are defeated you know i just want to add one thing from what um mazar was saying right now yesterday morning i woke up to my phone and there were messages in my uh, in my private messages there were people who had asked me to post about somebody in their family some requirement plasma bed ventilator etc and i had seven people that message saying you can take the post down the person has passed away and it was the most defeatist feeling that one woke up to and then i carried on and i read other messages and then there were three that said got the plasma got the bed um got the oxygen thank you it helped so um right now the the conditions are such that for 10 people falling if you can save even one it's one day that you did something so i think that's the only thing we can tell ourselves and just try and help as many people as possible all of you all of you you guys just rock when cynical petty electoral politics put a premium on elections instead of human lives you feel broken and dejected but stories that we heard today give us hope now that no one can deny that there is an oxygen for now more people are contracting covid than recovering and our creaky healthcare infrastructure just can't cope up but i feel happy that private citizens are volunteering and are not sitting idle even people with just a handful of followers have started responding to sos calls on social media we the people of this country will not give in without a fight i'm orijit barman and you've been listening to the morning brief this episode was edited and coordinated by shashwat mohanty and bhavya dilip kumar i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode we look forward to your feedback write to us at the morning brief at timesgroup.com and if you like this episode please share on your social media handles we'll really appreciate it the morning brief drops every tuesday thursdays and friday and thank you ali amrita mazhar and samaresh each one of you are an inspiration to all of us from the entire team of the economic times morning brief and ours here's a big high five let the force be with all of you stay safe and keep your spirits high and samaresh get well soon thank you for listening in have a nice day goodbye and good luck avas.com